This is the girlsplayfooty.com podcast. Coming up on the 7th edition of the girlsplayfooty.com podcast, we catch up with AFL Canberra representative coach Rebecca Goddard. We talk about the upcoming Queensland All-Stars game with Emma Zilke. Gary Birkinshaw drops by to talk about the new Black Diamond AFL Women's Comp and it's the opening round of footy in the WA Women's Football League and Victorian Women's Football League. All that and more here on the girlsplayfooty.com podcast. I'm Peter Holton. Thank you very much for joining us on the seventh edition of the girlsplayfooty.com podcast. And a big shout out to the crew at girlsplayfooty.com, to Matt and Katie for hosting our podcast and Girls Play Footy Radio, which begins this Sunday, 12th of April, 1.30pm for the Victorian Women's Football League Premier Division game between Darabin and Diamond Creek all on girlsplayfooty.com and also keep an eye on the Girls Play Footy Twitter account, Facebook and website. The app is almost here, which you'll be able to download to your Android phone. And as well, we must give a shout out to all of those who liked our last podcast. Thank you very much to Danelle Sullivan, Meg Ballantyne, Margot Legault, uh, Steph Walding and Meg Hutchins. Thank you very much for your support. Okay, enough of me yakking. Let's get straight into it. Coming up uh, this Sunday in Canberra is the AFL Canberra versus AFL Sydney representative match. Now, this game uh, is one of two that will be held throughout the year, but this one takes on extra importance because uh, it's a chance for some of the girls to showcase their talent before the AFL draft coming up on April 20. And we caught up with the AFL Canberra representative coach in Beck Goddard. And Beck, you've got a big job. You've uh, leading 2-0 against AFL Sydney. Can you keep the streak going for AFL Canberra? Yeah, they've been tight contests in the past um, and we're really looking forward to this weekend. It actually starts uh, the representative fixture before the, the women's competition in Canberra even starts. So uh, I know the girls have been doing a lot of hard work in the pre-season and we're looking forward to a good game this weekend. And how's that been trying to, I guess, get the girls up to some type of match fitness? Because it's not, as you said, it's not a regular club game. This is representative football when typically everything goes up another notch. It really does. And in fact, I think it's probably a really good way to start uh, the fixture off for the year. Um, the girls that we've selected are fit girls. They play a lot of other sports in the off-season. Um, and we've selected people that uh, we know have looked after their bodies um, over that time. And they, uh, they've showed up at, at training uh, so, so far, um, you know, committed and, and dedicated and looking forward to, to playing well this weekend. Big weekend as well before we go into uh, your squad. Um, obviously, Queensland have also got an All-Stars game on at the same time. So no doubt uh, uh, some of the staff helping out the Melbourne and uh, Western Bulldogs football clubs will be on hand uh, having a look at what girls could be selected on April 20. Yeah, and we've got talent here in Canberra and in Sydney um, that deserve to be seriously looked at as contenders for that draft game. Um, and I'm glad that we're being taken seriously um, to, to be considered for those spots. Uh, you sent a couple of girls down to uh, Victoria a few weeks ago to take part in the Victorian draft game, and they'll again be pulling on the jumper for uh, AFL Canberra. Interesting to know what you thought of the games of, uh, first of all, Corinna DeMont uh, from Eastlake, who we gave our uh, Player of the Day to, and uh, also the zippy Heather Anderson from Balconnen. The two of them are sensational players. Um, I've coached Corinna uh, at the Eastlake Football Club for the last three years, um, and she's just an exciting player forward um I, I saw that she played in the victorian game and played a, a role as a as a crumbing forward pocket and uh, heather anderson or heads as we call her here really can play in any position on the field and she's a 
a tackling machine. So uh, the two of them will be doing the role for the ACT this weekend. They won't be the only ones to watch, though. There's some exciting young talent that we've selected for the weekend, so it'll be great. Yes, this big game coming against AFL Sydney, the first of uh, two. Uh, let's talk about your, your squad. Um, I was just having a look at the average age. Most of the players obviously uh, born in the um, early 90s. So the average age of the player, I'm guessing, is around about 20, 21. Yeah, in fact, it feels younger than that, or maybe it's because I'm getting older. Uh, we've sort of uh, selected a squad that we think balances um, age and, and skill, Um but the, the, the exciting thing about the young girls is that they're so unbelievably fast. Um, and sort of the three older girls that we selected, we need them there to lead the way and show the young girls uh, how representative football's played. And for those, obviously, that are coming along to the game, which is uh, being held on uh, Saturday at uh, Garland Enclosed Oval, pardon me, on Sunday, rather, at 11.30am, um, who are some of the key players they should be looking out for? Yeah, well, we've talked about Heather Heather Anderson and um, Karina DeMont, but um, some of the young girls that are going to be really exciting to watch, Jodie Hicks, who also plays cricket. She's an up-and-coming, um, you know, player for, for the Australian, um, on the Australian women's cricket scene. She's really exciting, and we're looking forward to seeing her play in the forward line. Rebecca Mitchell is, is what I consider to be in the top um, five rucks in Australia, um, and she'll be rucking for us this weekend. Um, and we'll have a lot of other girls uh, sort of rotating through some positions, uh, Cassie and, and Kate Reed, um, who are sisters uh, from Goulburn. So they'll be coming through as well, as well as some girls from the Riverina Lions who, who are from Wagga. So we've got a, a, a squad of, of girls who, who play for a lot of different sides in the Canberra competition. Have you managed to get much uh, opposition info on AFL Sydney? <laughs> um, I can't tell you all my secrets. <laughs> Uh, let's just name one or two. Who do you think will be one or two of your serious threats that you've got to lock down on on Sunday? Oh, look, I love watching Steph Walker play and I also love watching Maddie Collier play. In fact, I coached uh, Maddie a few years ago in the under-18 New South Wales ACT youth girls side um, and the two of those girls are really exciting young prospects and, and I hope to see them do well into the future. Now, not only have we got, obviously, the AFL draft coming up on uh, April 20, there's the extra carrot there for some of the ACT players as well, is that there'll be a combined New South Wales ACT side taking on uh, Victoria uh, on the Queen's birthday uh, weekend. What's the process from here for those girls that are not necessarily going for the AFL draft but trying to go for that combined New South Wales ACT side? Yeah, look, as I understand it, um, the coaches from both of this from both teams this weekend will have a look at that list and uh, talk to whoever's selected as the, as the new head coach for the New South Wales ACT side um, about who should be selected. Um, and I would envisage that they'll have uh, a couple of training camps and, and go forward from there. And we thank Rebecca Goddard for her time. This Sunday, April 12th, sees the Victorian Women's Football League get underway for Season 2015 in Premier Division, Division 1 and in Development West Division. We'll be having a look at the Premier Division in just a moment's time, but I've got on the line my co-commentator on girlsplayfooty.com radio in Daniel Hill. Now, Daniel, I gave you a task to try and come up with the top 10 Victorian women's footballers, but you've gone one step further, haven't you? Flags all over the 
Keep an eye on girlsplayfooty.com over the coming days for that article with Dan naming his best 18 in order and where they should field. But let's get into uh, season proper. Before we talk about the main division, Premier Division, uh, a lot of interesting things happening in Division 1, which in years gone by was essentially Premier Division reserves. St Albans, who are normally a Premier Division club, their second side's gone down to Division 2 because essentially they were getting flogged in Division 1 last year. And, uh, and a few interesting moves, Daniel, and I'd like to get your opinion on it. Bendigo Thunder, who unfortunately had a horror year in Premier Division last year, down to Division 1. And the two sides that were neck and neck all year, even down to the final seconds of the Division 2 Grand Final, Final, um, Seaford and North Geelong both going up to Division One. Yeah, well, a, a, a dose of a, a dose of both ends here, Pete. Uh, obviously, we've had the loss of VU, which is a bit disappointing in Division One, but um, we've had three sides come into the fold, so it's it's going to make it interesting. It's going to test the depths of the other teams. That uh, obviously, as you say, acting as a, a pseudo uh, reserves is, is Division One over the last few years. So. Look, I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to throw the cat amongst the pigeons and put a few different standards against each other that we've seen over the last few years. I know um, yourself and I are probably the, uh, the opinion that Division 2 is, uh, is would have comfortably made the finals in Division 1 last year, so we'll get to find out very early uh, how good our mouth of the game is. But uh, I think we saw a, I think we saw a, a real plus with... Um, Gillespie Jones from Seaford playing in the, the draft trial game and she's a she's a good player for Seaford. She's one of their standouts. She's not any absolute out and out superstar that just takes the game and runs away with it, but she's really, really solid, a real a really good player. And uh, to see her compete and have a crack in the draft game and, and really serve it up to the other girls was great to see. So I don't think we're gonna be disappointed. I'd, I'd like to see the North Geelongs and the Seafords making the finals. Um Bendigo, of course, with Bendigo a bit of an unknown quantity, of course, as you said, turbulent year, um, but, but they've got uh, plenty of premiership pedigree, of course, they won a few flags before they put themselves in Premier and it all went, uh, went a bit pear-shaped for them, but Division 1 is going to be very, very interesting to watch this year, uh, obviously only the six sides in Premier, uh, we've got two, two exhibition games and we've also got the Division 1 to, to look forward to as well as a few of the lower divisions who have who have uh, nicely aligned themselves. I think things were a little bit out of alignment last season, and a credit to AFL Vic, they've really brought things in nice and tight, which is uh, which is a, a real credit to them. And the competition itself, we can see it's starting to to grow into its its makeup as as VWFL under the AFL Vic banner. Let me throw two words at you, and I want to know if this is going to play on some of the coaches' minds this year. And I'm talking along the lines of Richard Delpos, for example, at Darabin, and of course uh, his counterpart down at uh, Diamond Creek. List management. And the reason I bring that up is because it's now a six-team Premier Division, that means the better sides are playing each other more frequently, plus you throw in two AFL draft, uh, two AFL exhibition matches and a state game as well for the elite footballers, and the majority of them are coming out of Darabin and Diamond Creek. That's a lot of high-intensity football. Yeah, absolutely. And it, there's, going to be a, there's going to be an element of list management and also an element of how much you show the opposition and, and you mentioned that Pete you're basically going to be playing each other two and a half possibly three times so early in the season and I've always said this all along Darabin we know Darabin are going to maybe drop one game tops during the season but it's all about the end game so I'd like to see sides like Diamond Creek having 26 to 27 
looking at this to say it's a development year for us as well. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to the challenges that this year is going to throw up. As you say, we've effectively gone from one rep game. We've already had a rep game, which is sort of like a, a B rep game, which is a trial game for us. And uh, of course, we had six come down from New South Wales uh, to play with the Victorians. So that was a, a nice little insight. And they, they did dominate the game, the, uh, the Canberns and those from, from New South Wales, which is a bit, a bit disappointing because I don't like to see anyone north of the border go any good, but that's another story for another day. But uh, it's, it's going to be interesting because last year we had sort of one and a half rep games or thereabouts. We had a lot of youth girls, uh, Vic Country, Vic Metro floating around. But then this year, it's just helter-skelter. The schedule is chock-a-block, and it's going to test a few sides out uh, at the top end and also at the bottom end. But with, with the challenges, hopefully hopefully comes a bit of success for some players that we might unearth. You just never know. Let's talk about uh, round one. First of all, uh, no love lost between these two sides at the Peanut Farm, Sunday, 2pm, St Kilda Sharks and VU St Albans. Boy, there's some history going between these two teams. Yeah, there certainly is. I think uh, the fixturing gods have just uh, lined this one up nicely for the start of the season. Of course, we got uh, last year's grand final also going on on the same day. This one has got a lot of intrigue around it. Uh, we know how good Mo Hope is. She is. She might kick the hundred this year. Who knows? Um, and it might only take ten or twelve games. She's an absolute out-and-out superstar. Uh, and look, Pete, I, I think that's probably the difference. Of course, former VU player. Um, I, I think that'll be the difference for the Saints. They're also at home, but uh, the Sharks, geez, they're, they're, they're one of those sides this year, Pete. It's, uh, it's put up or shut up for me. They need to get themselves to the next level. They need to start getting closer to the Diamond Creeks of the world because we know they've got the talent. It's just whether they can run at the, the four quarters. And we, we didn't see that from them last year. They got close in a few games or started off slowly or what, what have you. They need to put VU away, and, and I think they'll get it done on the weekend and start the season quite nicely. Going to Mulgrave Reserve, um, the Eastern Devils taking on Melbourne University. Uh, the Eastern Devils, I should point out, have got three Canadians in their side, including uh, Amy Legault, who, of course, uh, we called in that draft game, and Kendra Hill performed well for them uh, last year. Uh, Melbourne University, uh, similar to Diamond Creek, they've got a new coach there in charge. They've been bumbling along, haven't they? They've always had some great younger players. They've always had some good speed, but I guess they're in the same boat as St Kilda. It's, it's put-up-or-shut-up time for the Muggers. It's, it's who can lift themselves up. 
Unfortunately for Eastern Devils, it's a long way back for them at this point, uh, but they've got those three Canadians in, and anything's possible. Hopefully they can start the season uh, on a good note, but I think Melbourne Uni too good for too good in this one, Pete. And our girlsplayfooty.com match the day, which will be live Sunday afternoon, 1.30pm for a 2pm bounce down. We'll be at the nest calling Darabin, your favourite side, and uh, Diamond Creek. And uh, as, as we always said, no love lost between St Kilda Sharks and VU St Albans. This great rivalry that's built up over the last few years between Darabin and Diamond Creek. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the first game. If Darabin just want to set the pace early, or if uh, Diamond Creek are going to come out and say, this year we're going to shake things up. Yeah, well, I think it's a fitness thing, um, and more upstairs probably for, for Diamond Creek than anything, um, and maybe it's the flip side, maybe Darwin just are that strong mentally. Uh, we know that Diamond Creek are going to stick with them for the half. I mean, we're very surprised for Darwin to be six goals up at half time in this game. I, I just can't see it happening. So it's, it's going to be one in the second half, and, and that's when... The, uh, the second half specialists, the, the, the sisters out there, Katie Byrne and Alicia O'Day, they just take over and uh, it's good night Irene. So if if I was Diamond Creek, they'd be the two players I'd be stopping them amongst the other 16 that are out on the ground that don't go too bad either. But uh, I think we'll see a little bit more of that uh, this season from Diamond Creek. They might try a few more shutdown roles. Uh, but we know with Diamond Creek now, I talk about that next six, we know they've got that four. We know that they've got a couple of good forwards. Um, they've got Chochi. They've got Orby in the middle. They're going to do the grunt work all day. But it's the next six. It's the Bardens of the world and Kay that, that need to lift for need to lift for Diamond Creek. But yeah, Pete, I, I wouldn't want to be winning the first game if I was Diamond Creek. But I just want to send a message to to Darwin to keep yourselves on your game because we're we're very very close to you. You might have run away with it in the grand final last year. We've had a big preseason. And we're getting closer to you, so be scared. And I thank Dan very much for his time. And, of course, myself and Daniel Hill will be calling the game between the Darabin Falcons and Diamond Creek, the grand final rematch, round one of the VWFL Premier Division, this Sunday afternoon, 1.30pm, live on girlsplayfooty.com. Tune in to hear the call. And, of course, just quickly, if you would be interested in joining our commentary team, doesn't matter if you've got no experience whatsoever, we'd love to hear from you. Just send us a message via our Facebook page or send us an email girlsplayfootyradio at gmail.com. I mentioned the Victorian Women's Football League season was getting underway. So is the West Australian Women's Football League. And in their main league, five teams this year. And the Thunderbirds will have the bye to kick off round one. But Sunday, 2pm, Anning Park, South Fremantle versus East Fremantle. And the Coastal Titans are hosting Swan Districts also Sunday at 2pm. Also happening this weekend up in Queensland is the AFL draft game for the Queenslanders and whoever else wants to come along, including Amy Legault, one of the Canadians. Yes, she's playing in another draft game. I managed to catch up with Emma Zilke, who will be the captain of the Lions squad that will be taking on the Sun squad at Metricon Stadium, 4.40pm uh, this Saturday afternoon. Now, Emma, just before we talk about the game, uh, you last uh, year played for the Melbourne Demons. Uh, can you tell us what that experience was like pulling on the Demons jumper and running out in Etihad Stadium. Indescribable, really. Um, pretty, like just being in the, at the camp from the first day. Um, I was, I was got to admit, I was a nervous wreck. Um, but the girls quickly got around me, and um, and everyone seemed to pull together quite, 
quite well and, and we'd get to know each other over the next few days. Um, but, yeah, there's there's nothing like the feeling of actually walking onto the field in New Guernsey. Um, that, that was just unreal and, and um, it was one of the, it was it's definitely my footy highlight. Uh, and in your mind, uh, does it feel a little bit intimidating? Do you feel like you need to step up a notch or two when you're playing against, I guess, uh, the Victorian and, and WA footballers in your side? Yeah, definitely. Like, the, you just, you, you can just, um, I mean, vibe off them. They, they set the standard early at training, your first training session. So automatically you lift your standard as you should. And, um, and they just go about their, their footy so professional on field and off field. So um, it definitely gave me the more more motivation to um, to play well and, and try and put my body on the line for all of those girls. So, um, yeah, definitely um, intimidating though. But they, they are down-to-earth girls, so it, was, it wasn't, wasn't too bad. Now, before we head into uh, this draft game at Metricon Stadium, ha- have you noticed since that game and uh, leading into this draft game, so we're talking of a, a, an off-season of uh, six or seven months, have you noticed a difference between, not yourself, but, but the other girls as well, the other clubs, a difference in professionalism and preparation to how they go about their footy? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's, we, we had a pre-season cup uh, a few weeks ago, and um, you can tell this year is going to be so competitive in Queensland in our Quaffle League. Um, each team they've recruited well. Um, teams have lost players, but there seem to be like there's just a vibe around the the Quaffle this year. Um, everyone seems a lot more competitive uh, and really, really keen to step it up another notch. Um, everyone's training standards, like I know at Cooperu where I play, our training standards have had to lift again because obviously. We've won two in a row now, so we're the hunted at the moment. So we know that, and um, and we've we've had to really lift our standards. So I'm assuming uh, the rest of the clubs have as well. Now, what's the lead up been like to this uh, draft game that's being played at Metricon Stadium on Saturday night? Have you had a, much of a chance to have a few training sessions and for the girls to get together? Because I believe you're being broken into Lions and Suns groups, respectively. Yeah, correct. Um, well, we've still been training as one whole, um, so just the State Academy training. Um, we haven't really been split into our teams. We had our last session last night, um, and, which was an awesome hit out. We were, we were just as one team, though. Um, but but definitely everyone's vibe. Like, it was probably the best session we've done all year. Everyone seems to be up and about, and just there's just real excitement around the game. Um and it's not just a, it's not just an anything game. It, it's a lot of girls want to be drafted, and they're going to put everything into it. They've been working up to this game, um, and and to have it at an actual AFL stadium is another incentive to to really try your best and play your best that you can. And I guess an extra carrot dangling there as well, uh, a chance to represent Queensland against Tasmania in a couple of months. Yeah, exactly. So. If you're not looking to get drafted or you do miss out on the draft, it's still basically a selection game for our Queensland women's state team. So either way, um, everyone's going to be looking to have a real crack and and try the the best they possibly can um, because it's a huge incentive, yeah, to to either get drafted or to be picked for the state team because we do have a lot of girls that um, are going to miss out of the state team because there's just so much talent to choose from at the moment, which is something we haven't really had the um, advantage of 
in the past couple of years, but last year and this year, it's looking like um, one of the strongest squads we could possibly put out on the park, which is great for our for our academy and for our state. And without putting on the moz too much, uh, from what you've seen out there on the training track, which look like some of the girls that could be having a blinder on Saturday? Yeah, um, well, the Suns girls, they have a lot of... Um, They've got a lot of speed and, and smaller smaller girls, so a lot of midfielders and small forwards. But um, definitely, I'll be I'll be taking notice of Jordy Zanchetta. She's she's a, a main ball winner at um, her club at Yoronga. She she gets in and out and she's uses the ball so well. She she's kind of like a Scott Pendlebury if you if you want to put a name on. She just looks like she's got so much more time than everyone else. So. Um, definitely we'll have to lock down on her if, if, if we want to try and get rid of her impact of the game um, because she can really impact games. And uh, also I've noticed that uh, a girl that played in the Victorian draft game and is coming up to play in the Queensland draft game as well, um, the, the Canadian, Amy Legault, has come up. Yeah, so she came to the squad um, on, on last night. She was first first time we've all met her and she trained well, um, trained with us, so... Yeah, she's going to slot into the line lineup, which is good. She looks like she's um, raring to go, pretty fit. And, um, yeah, so she's going to be a good um, addition to the Lions lineup. And what about for yourself, the uh, honour of the captaincy of the uh, Lions lineup? Yeah, um, pretty, yeah to, obviously it's an honour to, to be captain of any team. Um, so, and, and I work for the Brisbane Lions, so it's, it's a little bit more for me as well. So, yeah. Um, I've also got my employees and my club that I'm trying to lead um, out on there and I want to show them the best example that I can possibly do and and just uh, show the way, I guess. But, yeah, it's a huge honour to be named captain of of the team. And we thank Emma Zilke very much for her time and wish her all the very best in the uh, Queensland All-Stars draft game being played at Metricon Stadium uh, before the Suns versus Saints game. So get along to Metricon if you can and check out some top quality women's footy as the girls try to either obviously get into the Queensland side to take on Tasmania or be selected in the AFL women's draft. And just a quick little note, we had a few people asking on uh, Facebook if girlsplayfooty.com radio could call that game from Metricon Stadium. Uh, Unfortunately, that's a couple of states away from us. We are based in Melbourne in the uh, southeast part of Australia. We'd love to get up there to call it, but unfortunately we're a volunteer organisation and the budget is very tight. In fact, I'm losing a little bit of money as we speak. But uh, we certainly thank you for the thought and uh, hopefully we might be able to get across to Perth or to Tasmania to call one or two of the state games. Uh, just keep tuned to our Facebook page for more details on that. Let's stay north of the Murray in the Newcastle Hunter Central Coast region where a uh, women's competition has newly formed uh, under the Black Diamond AFL and uh, that's why I have Gary Birkinshaw on the line. It's uh, been a popular men's competition around there I believe for some time. Gary and a special year this year finally having your first women's competition. Yeah look an historic occasion for the Black Diamond AFL this year is we're going to have a women's competition for for the first time and look as a league we're really excited and, and about what women's football is going to bring to our competition and, and football in this region Now many people are traditionally so New South Wales particularly anywhere I guess north of the River Arena as being rugby league territory but there is a bit of history of Australian rules football isn't there in the Newcastle area Yeah look uh, football started here back in 1888 uh, as a uh, game played, played here and the trophy we actually play for is the, the Black Diamond Cup. It's the actually oldest sporting trophy still being played for in Australia. So 
quite a historic significance. Uh, it's made up of Newcastle and Central Coast clubs, but we cover quite a, a wide area. So, um, look, football is growing here in the region, predominantly rugby league, definitely, but uh, AFL has certainly got a, a good footprint in this region. And since about 2000, of course, you had those uh, merged leagues, the Newcastle and Central Coast joining together. Uh, what was the impetus to, to, to finally get the Women's League up and running this year? Yeah, look, in the past, we've had a, a pretty successful youth girls competition in both the Central Coast and Newcastle. The Central Coast has been going for a number of years now at under-18s level. Newcastle had an under-16s competition for the last few years. So what we're looking for is obviously to give a pathway for those girls to continue playing once they, they've reached the, the age limit of, of youth girls competition. And and just the groundswell of support that we've had and interest from women since we, we mentioned it back in September last year has been fantastic. And such to the extent we're going to actually have six teams participating in our inaugural competition. That's extraordinary. Now, before we just go through, I guess, the history of some of the clubs that will be uh, taking part, I believe you're actually kicking off this weekend with the Gala Day. Yeah, on the 18th of April, we're going to have a Gala Day involving all six teams. So that'll be the first time that they all get together. And we're, we're really excited about that. It's creating a fair bit of interest. And, you know, there's going, to be, you know, there's going to be men's football being played as well. So a couple of the women's side have had some trial games. So, look, they're really excited to get the season underway. Uh, just having a look at the uh, six clubs that you've got lining up for this year, I guess if we uh, associate their men's history, uh, one of the clubs that's uh, fielding women's side, Newcastle City, has been dominant over the last dozen or so years in the Black Diamond League. Yeah, look, they've been arguably the most successful men's side or club in, in our competition since the Black Diamond started in 2000. Interestingly enough, Newcastle City as a club itself has been in existence since 1883. So it's, uh, it's one of the oldest football clubs in not only in New South Wales but also in Australia so so their history is you know dates well back so for them to have a women's side and the numbers that they've got is fantastic we expect that Newcastle women like the men would be very successful in, in the women's competition. Uh, you have the Maitland Saints in your competition now I'm guessing they're traditionally pulling uh, players in from the area such as Singleton uh, going further north to, to Musselburgh do we have those girls in the upper hunter coming down to clubs like Maitland? Yeah, look, Maitland will, will have that upper 100 drawing area. and They're our newest club. Maitland is a senior club. Men's club's only been in existence for three years, so so they probably haven't got the same history as what a Newcastle city has got. But uh, they've really taken on the women's football as well. And they've got a, a greater catchment area, so we expect that their women's side will be pretty strong as well with uh, you know, and, and covering a, a larger area also. And has it been easy to get players from the Newcastle area or for the Central Coast playing in the Black Diamond League? I mean, noticing, obviously, clubs like Wyon Lakes. Yeah, Wyon Lakes is going to cover the, um, the Central Coast area, and, and so they've got a bit of a, a larger drawing area from players from the Central Coast. So the interest there has been really good. They've got a number of players there who actually played a lot of junior football, even with, with the boys, and they've got one girl, Emily Bowen, who's actually played over 200 junior games of AFL, so she's really excited now to be able to play uh, in, a, in a fully-fledged women's competition, so Central Coast have represented Wyong Lakes, a more greater uh, influx of women's footballs around you know, the Newcastle area with, with three of the six sides actually based in Newcastle. And I'm guessing those, I think, uh, if I'm correct, Lake Macquarie and Nelson Bay? 
Yeah, yeah Nelson Bay, they're out of Newcastle. They're, they're uh, another standalone area. We're drawing on a Port Stevens, a, a fairly um, a tourist, I suppose, place. But they've got a lot of, probably a pretty young side there, bringing a lot of netballs across. And uh, they've also got a couple of experienced players from the, the Rath Base, which is at the near, nearby Williamstown area. So once again, they'll have a quite a different demographic in their side. While Lake Macquarie, they're, they're drawing on, on clubs in, in, in the Newcastle area. And the uh, final club rounding out the six is uh, Warners Bay. Yeah, look, out of all the six clubs we've got, Warners Bay have, have really grasped the women. They would have the, the most numbers, so much so that they've actually closed their books on women's registrations at this stage. So any leftover players, will be, they'll be moving on to Lake Macquarie, which is not that far away. So, look, they've been getting women players registering uh, two or three new players every week and just through word of mouth and... Um, and just the interest that they've generated through the men's club. So I'm really excited for what Warners Bay is going to bring to, to the women's competition. Uh, are you generally surprised by, by the interest of uh, players wanting to join? We were just speaking uh, the other week uh, with the Launceston Football Club, and in Tasmania they started about seven or eight years ago, and even then they only went along with two clubs in Tassie for about three years before the third and fourth club came along respectively. Are you surprised to see six clubs right from the get-go? Oh, Pete, I've been you know, totally surprised and overwhelmed by the interest being shown by women in playing AFL. When we spoke about this, started thinking about this in September last year, it was, you know, if we can get four teams, well, let's, let's run a competition, we can get four teams. And, you know, we we're sort of looking at where the clubs were going to come from. But right from the word go, we had we, we got the four virtually straight away. And about a month later, we had another two clubs expressed interest as well. And, and the registration numbers, we, we our goal was to play a 14-a-side competition to start with, but a lot of these games we played now with, with the full 18-a-side complement. That's how strong the, the registration numbers are. And is there fingers crossed for some of the girls to, uh, if they're not at least putting their hand up for the AFL draft game, to at least possibly get selected for the uh, New South Wales ACT side that will uh, play Victoria come the Queen's birthday weekend? Yeah, we've got some very, very talented players who in our competition. Our, our competition's going to be made up of probably in excess of 50% of the players who've never played the game before. But we've also got there be 10 or 15% of who've played a, a pretty high level of football in, in, you said, in Sydney and Canberra who, um, you know, who are certainly going to be the cream. So we expect that, that they would probably have the ability to, you know, to, to play you know, higher honours. There's no doubt about that. Whether that happens this year, we're not, not too sure. But we've also done very well in the past in, in the youth girls. We've got a couple of girls who've made the state side of youth girls. So we expect in a couple of years' time that they will certainly progress into our competition and certainly, you know, hopefully make higher representative honours. And actually, AFL uh, Sydney take on AFL Canberra twice this year. Is there a hope that uh, AFL Newcastle, uh, pardon me, through the Black Diamond League, will be able to uh, be able to uh, participate in those uh, interleague games, either against Sydney Canberra or perhaps uh, Broken Hill, one of the other uh, uh, regional New South Wales ACT leagues? Well, look, I'm confident that in, in 2016 that we'll actually have a women's representative side playing somebody. Who that who that is? Whether yeah, we're coming from a fair way back at the moment in relation to. To where and maturity of our competition, obviously where Sydney and Canberra is at present. But mm. you know, I'm confident that um, that next year we will have a representative side, and just who they will play, um, whether that's a Sydney club or whoever, um, will certainly have representative football for the women you know, from next year on. And just finally, before we let you go, such excitement about the league. You've already managed to get a sponsor on board as well in GE. Yeah, GE Industrial Solutions have come on board as a women's sponsor, and that that is just fantastic for. For the women's competition, also for the league to have the confidence that 
uh, in the league that, that they want to be involved with the women in their inaugural season. And, you know, it certainly helps the clubs, um, you know, in relation to expenses of starting up, uh, you know, women's teams from scratch. So we're really appreciative of their support and, uh, and look, we hope that their, our relationship with them will continue for many years. And we thank Gary very much for his time. It's almost uh, time to wrap things up here on the girlsplayfooty.com podcast for another week. Keep an eye on girlsplayfooty.com for some articles coming out over the weekend, including uh, reviews of the uh, opening round uh, and also the uh, best 18 players of Victorian women's footy, an article by Daniel Hill, which would be up shortly, and the link to our Android app. So if you've got an Android phone or tablet, you'll be able to download the Girls Play Footy Radio app. Make sure you do that. And if you're interested in helping out girlsplayfooty.com by being a correspondent on our uh, podcast or by uh, writing a, a few articles for our website, whether it be features on players or reporting on your respective league, please get in contact with us via our Facebook page. Just search Girls Play Footy on uh, Facebook. I'm Peter Holden. Thank you once again for all your likes and all your comments and for listening. And I'll catch you again next week.